0: a patched up podcast could ruin your business. Let us do the technical busy work behind the scenes while you share your genius on the mic and take the industry stage. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez is here. And today I have the privilege of hosting Howard Rosen. He is the CEO and founder of LifeWire Corporation. Howard is the strategic and visionary leader at LifeWire, which he invented and developed as a patented population management communication platform that humanizes digital communication through personalized, responsive interactions between parties, such as healthcare providers and patients. A Schulich MBA with over two decades of experience as a film and television producer, Howard had a unique perspective from which to approach the issue of adherence and patient engagement from which LifeWire evolved. Over the past 10 years, Howard has parlayed that experience as a health thought leader having been named one of the top 100 innovators in Next Century, Rockefeller Foundation, and one of the top 30 mHealth innovators by mHealth Alliance, United Nations Foundation. Howard has authored a number of articles, written policy guidance for the sector on behalf of the province of Ontario, regularly speaks on health innovation in national and international symposiums, an industry reviewer for the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, He has addressed Capitol Hill subcommittees on the subject that he is an expert on. And so today we're going to be covering what he's doing with his company and how he's improving health outcomes and also business model innovation success. So Howard, such a privilege to have you here with us today. Well, thank you so much,
1: Saul. I so much appreciate being here.
0: Absolutely. And you know, it's so interesting that you spent two decades in film and television production, and you decided to make the shift to healthcare. So let's start there. What inspires your work in healthcare?
1: Isn't that the standard story for most people in health IT? <laughs> really, what, it, what well, it inspires me, ultimately, it's, you know, what we, look, what we like to say, what we're trying to, I'm trying to do, is provide access to care to anyone, anywhere, anyhow they want to be contacted. And really the inspiration was work I did almost 15 years ago. still in the film business, but working, actually putting together CMEs, continuing medical education pieces. That's and right. one of our clients was GlaxoSmithKline dealing with type 2 diabetes. And it was looking at, you know, at the time as a producer saying, well, it's so pervasive. What are people doing about it? And, you know, we had all kinds, there was all kinds of solutions then, but about, you know, 20% of it was being used. And being a card-carrying, arrogant producer, I kind of looked at it and well, well, all you got to do is come up with something engaging, tying to people's lifestyles. There'll be more reason to use it, and you'll cure diabetes. And I looked at my watch and said, well, that took about 10 minutes. Not too bad. What else can I do today? And it kind of, <laughs> kind of went in my way. And about a few months later, I was working with Universal McCann on promotional campaigns for Motorola for a phone called StarTech, which some of you remember, some of you won't. And it was really looking at talking to the engineers and they're talking about, you know, sometime in the future, you're going to be able to put programs on cell phones. And even further in the future, you'll be able to do things like tell the weather on your phone. Now, remember, this was 15 years ago. Right. And it was literally that evening when I was sort of sitting down and working on both projects. I went, well, you know, maybe the cell phone will be that lifestyle device I was thinking about that will help people manage their diseases. So that literally was where it started 15 years ago wow. and he's evolved
0: considerably since then. That is interesting. So you were at this cross point between these two worlds. And, you know, so 15 years ago, you sort of saw that, you know, and today, as we know, I mean, you know, it just fast-tracked, right? I mean, the, the development for yes. 15 years has just been mind-blowing. Tell us a little bit about that journey that you've had and what you believe helps LifeWire you know, add value to the healthcare ecosystem.
1: Well, really, and, and as you suggested, it was sort of, uh, those are very early days in trying to describe to people, explain to them and show them how the power of digital technology can be helpful. And humanizing at the same time was a very difficult concept, particularly when I was trying to explain to them, you know, one of the ways you could communicate was text messaging. And 15 years ago, they looked at me like I was crazy. And it was really the evolution of the people I was talking to, and it became a bit of a generational thing, not to say I'm that young at all, I'm kind of the older generation. But a generational issue, they went, well, who's going to text message? And then all of a sudden, their kids started text messaging them all the time. And then it went from, well, who would bother text messaging to, well, of course, you're going to text message. And it kind of needed leaps, like generational leaps like that and pushes for people to start thinking on a much more digital approach. The key thing for me was not to limit people. One thing I pick up, we talked earlier about the work I did in film and television and engagement is the way you deal with engagement is you take away barriers to communication. And so key for me was developing technology that allowed that individuals can choose whatever device that they want and choose how to communicate however they want, yet have no downloads, no special equipment or anything else. Which is what led to sort of being a very cloud based solution that actually can tie into anybody's device, regardless of whatever device it was. Hmm.
0: That is so interesting. And so, right now, you could basically use any device that you want. Is the core text? Is that what it is?
1: Cloud based texting? Core, the core is not text, the choice is text. Okay. Cuz we can, you know, so device-wise for example, you could use a cell phone, you could use a tablet, a mobile computer. You could even use a landline if you want. Mm-hmm. And you could choose how you could communicate. So it could be, you know, text, email, interactive voice, instant messaging, chat, whatever number of apps. But that said, the predominant choice, when I say predominant, I mean like literally 99% of the choice is text messaging, and that's regardless of the age.
0: Sure, sure. That's interesting.
1: So it's really the users choose the technology and the means of communication. So, to your point, that's how you improve your outcomes is when they're actually choosing how they're communicating. Love it. Okay, got it. Thank you for clarifying that.
0: And so, what would you say makes what you do different and maybe even more effective than what's available today?
1: I think, and obviously, there's a, a recurrent theme you would know, hear even through our, our discussion. It's by first part, it's allowing the individuals to choose how they're communicating is first and foremost second part is letting them be interactive so they're part of the process so if they're responding to a question let's say they get a response and a call to action associated with that so it's not only just a dumping of information it's valuable information So that they're being told what a follow-up could be what a recommendation could be here's more information and they're part of they feel part of that process and empowered by the process where you know, previously there's been a data dump on patients. Here's this information, here's that information, or click this and you go there. The whole idea is to be very responsive and iterative. So very much like we're having a discussion now, your communication, whether it's text or email or whatever the case may be, would be that same kind of relationship and that kind of ease of language. So there is that feedback mechanism, which is empowering and giving them more information and more control. Ultimately, the objective is to give the individual more control of something that so feels out of control when you're dealing with health.
0: Yeah, and you know, and and we all know that the typical call to the hospital or your doctor is not the smoothest.
1: No, no. So the idea is to really simplify that process and, in many cases, help you avoid not even having to go to the doctor or the hospital because of the fact you can choose how and where you're communicating, and frankly, because it's cloud-based. A lot of the interactions can occur while the individual's at home, for it, let's say, or at the office or whatever the case may be, and therefore not even have to go to the hospital, go to the doctor, or have to interact with the doctor unless they need to. Because part of what our system does, of course, it's notification-based as well. So depending how the individual responds, they can say, look, I want to speak with a call center and a passive home to call center, or I want to speak with the doctor, or depending how they respond, the system itself will notify the doctor for the patient to say you should follow up.
0: Yeah, that's really great. And so we've been looking at through our conversation here, mainly like front end, you know, so when you lift the hood of this thing, and you look at the operations, you know, going to say the provider's shoes right now, the burden is high, you know, And, and there's a ton of people pulling on them. And you know, the administration wants doctors to do more visits, you know, talk to us about how this system can relieve some of those pain points.
1: Well, really, in many cases, if you look at sort of the 80/20 rule or in this case, it's sort of the 87-13 rule, where from our clients, it seems to this is just to get our client statistic is 87 percent of the time the patients really don't need to interact with the provider, but vice versa. It's more routine, disinformation, whatever the case may be. But 13 percent of the time, actually they need help today, or more you know, next couple of days. So because, as I mentioned earlier, based on the responses, our system can help, using the provider's rules, can discern who they want to see today or notify them of the patients to see tomorrow, to book that for them tomorrow. So it helps them discern so they don't have to be going on to see the record all the time. The system is designed to inform them when they want to be informed or how they want to be informed or what that, you know, patients they would may want to look at more deeply. So it's essentially really just a time management. It's workflow. It ties into workflows. And frankly, on the ROI side, it allows the physicians, the providers, the clinicians to work at the top of their license and not dealing with the administrative work, which can be so onerous. When we design this and work with our clients with our various products, we sort of use what we, we call it a 30-second rule, whereby if the clinician has to spend more than 30 seconds of their day using LifeWire, we've not done our job. Hmm. Wow.
0: That's interesting. And so the other area is the OR. And it's interesting because, you know, with COVID, the level of surgeries, you know, elective procedures is down significantly. But, you know, when things get back up and running, it's going to be crazy. And in some areas, it already is.
1: So, So this product also helps in the OR? Well, it helps. Obviously, in hospital, there's phenomenal solutions that are out there. And so we work in conjunction with them really when they're outside the hospital, both on the pre and the post. So we can be used in terms of prepping patients to making sure that they're doing all the preparatory work in advance, you know, yeah. such as if they have to reduce medications or do certain diets, whatever the case may be. But equally as importantly, once they've completed surgery or, and they've been discharged, that to be able to follow regimes, that follows them and works with them at dealing with all their post to help reduce readmissions on that side. To work with the patients, you know, in terms of medication, in terms of various things they need to do, how they're doing, that kind of thing. So it works hand in hand on, on both sides. And you mentioned in terms of COVID, and, of, you know, we have our own COVID products, but what it's also designed to do is uh, help give comfort in terms of the COVID side by asking COVID oriented questions as well. So the patients know that if a hospital is using us to help manage the COVID, that they're going to an environment that is. You know, at least they're doing a number of things to help manage that side of it because of the fear of people getting COVID. You guys are
0: certainly moving with the time. And so this COVID product, I imagine you brought it out during the pandemic.
1: Yeah, it's, it's essentially it's a self-isolation management product. So where it's, it's not contact tracing, but it's designed for once you've been diagnosed as either having been positive or it's a suspect. You might have been in contact with somebody. So once somebody yeah. has been in contact, okay. uh, what we do is it helps individuals manage the isolation. So it asks, you know, based on the CDC guidelines and let's say the state regulatory groups, it asks the individual number of questions on a daily basis and through the algorithms helps make provide recommendations. You know, to say to continue self-isolating, perhaps you need to go into quarantine, perhaps you need to contact somebody for more information. But it's to sort of help them self-manage themselves. And again, because it's a feedback mechanism, it's not just data dumping. They're actually getting feedback on how they're doing today or what they should do today.
0: It's because it's useful. so
1: scary. You feel you yeah. sort of feel out there.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and that way you have something available at your fingertips instead of having to wait for responses
1: or exactly. scaring yourself exactly. on Google. <laughs> oh, exactly. Gosh, yeah. Dr. Google has, uh, the Bedside Manor has... Uh, <laughs> it has challenges to say the least.
0: It really does. No, this is great. And so, talk to us a little bit about a setback you've experienced, one of the biggest ones, maybe, and what a key learning that came
1: from that. <sighs> That's a very good question. Probably, if it's look at the biggest setback, it's having a uh, film producer getting into healthcare thinking, well, I just come up with these ideas and people will jump to it. Yeah. And so, the, the reality set is very different when you sort of get into the middle of it all. And it was really more the education, both of myself, but learning the education I had to do of a prospective client and understanding the time horizons and understanding, frankly, that especially in healthcare, it's not just, here's a great idea. It's something that's got to have efficacy. It needs to be tested. You need to have case studies. You need to be published. Plus, the security and privacy side was something I did not fully appreciate at the time. But, you know, I said, oh, it's got to be secure and private. But understanding the breadth of what that was, which is like to date, we're e-pro validated, we're HIPAA compliant, we have a high trust certified, all these various pieces is required for the nature of the clients that we have. We've worked with Veterans Administration, Health and Human Services, uh, Department of Defense on the public side, and on the private side with sort of major payers and providers. Howard, despite so these the- challenges, you've stuck with it,
0: you know, and, and so
1: it sounds like you figured it out. It's either that, or you know, or just being really stubborn. But it's, <laughs> it, but but it is also something that I am extremely passionate about. You know, yeah. something you know for myself and my family to make this very dramatic career change to follow this. This is something I sort of felt was really important. I I needed to do and thought mm-hmm. because I could do, how could I not do it? Uh, mm-hmm. It's just a quick sidebar, um yeah. if that's okay. Really Thanks. went really. Turn the tide on this was my first paid client was working with a group called the Pathway Homes, which is a veteran facility, an NGO outside in Northern California, outside of uh-huh. Sacramento. And we and were working in there because we do a lot of behavioral health work. This is work with post-traumatic stress and veterans. And about a month into the program, I got a call from the, vet- the uh, executive director at midnight Eastern time. He said, Howard, I just called to let you know you helped save a life tonight. Hey, I'm up. So I called back right away naturally and said, "Whoa, well, what is And I started just swearing at him for about 15, 20 minutes. He goes, Howard, I finally got a word. He got a word. So I don't understand. Why are you mad at me? Why are you so angry? He said, because you have no idea. Like I came up with this idea. I thought it was really interesting. I thought there was a business good. I thought there's definitely a social good why I did this. <laughs> but that's all I thought. But I never thought this would be something that could help with other solutions help save a life cuz now that I've done that once how could I how could I sleep nights not try to do it again to help somebody if you could do that and that really changed me obviously that's when I stopped all the production work went full bore into doing this and frankly become slightly evangelical about it all so when was that how long ago was that oh, I'd say that was 12 years ago
0: wow and I mean I don't even know how you could quantify it, but you know, just to know that you're saving lives with what you have. Yeah. I mean, that's that's enough. That's enough to keep you in yeah. the game.
1: And well that's quite honestly that was it. And to me, the objective was is I, I I was just so overwhelmed that it you know help with the one individual. And we know over the years we've helped others. Obviously with others, you know, in combination with other solutions. But to be able to contribute to that to help improve those outcomes, I should say, is something I just couldn't feel right not doing.
0: That's for sure.
1: That's for sure. That's a great story. (laughs) I love that.
0: (laughs) And, And so, you know, 12 years since that call, what are you most excited
1: about today? I'm most excited about the breadth of where we're able to be a part of it. The breadth and the growth of the technology that we have. And the platform, and quite honestly, the fact that we were talking about COVID earlier, we were actually just working with the office of public health of one of the of one of the states on a Hep C program, and then COVID hit, and they said, "Look, we see this tsunami of issues. Can we switch to uh, dealing with COVID?" And in the course of ten weeks, we went from can you change to changing to designing implementation at, out in the public in less than ten weeks in the state. And to me that you know I, believe me fifteen years ago, I couldn't even begin to think of any of these issues, let alone having a solution and a, frankly a team that have the capabilities of turning something around that quickly. Wow. congrats on that, that's huge it's thank you con- It's you an know, accomplishment
0: it's, and you know a testament to the expertise you guys have developed and how how well you guys work together as a team.
1: It's having a you know no question it's also having such an amazing team,
0: yeah. That's exciting, man. Well, what's ahead is even more exciting. Folks, if you have any curiosity about the technology that Howard and his team have put together, it's lifewiregroup.com. Check them out for more information on what they're doing. It's an awesome platform. Howard, I'm going to hand it over to you to give us a closing thought here and then the best place for the listeners could get in touch with you to
1: continue the conversation. That's well. Thank you, Saul. Really, as as, you know, I have, as you may have gathered, I have many thoughts. But as a closing thought, it's really to not let technology overwhelm you as an individual. That there are ways, you know, health is not digital health. It's not M health. It's not DG health. It's just health. And to look to the solutions that there there are ways that you can be helped, and you know, not be afraid to ask any questions, uh, just in anything, not just our technology. Just because the more better informed the patient. The better we can inform the patients, the better their health and the better for the healthcare system, frankly. And you know, if you want any more questions, any at all, my email is hrosen, h r o s e n, at lifewiregroup.com. And uh, Saul, thank you so very much for this opportunity to talk with you.
0: Oh, yeah, it's our pleasure, Howard. I appreciate your enthusiasm, your awesome stories, and then most of all, the the work that you're doing to, to make healthcare better. Appreciate you coming on. dot com to
1: learn more.